0: Welcome to Soul Retrieval for Childhood Trauma, a neuroscience approach to healing with your host, Kimberly Beekman. With the right tools, healing long-term trauma is completely possible. The childhood trauma gets trapped as trauma packets deep within the body. Learn to clear these packets from your body, rewire your brain, and reconnect your soul. Kim's Inner Alignment Soul Retrieval System is a 6 layered approach addressing every layer of the body, healing the root cause. Join in as Kim expands boundaries in the field of trauma recovery with a revolutionary two-month program. Take a deep dive into healing anxiety and depression with Kim on the Soul Retrieval for Childhood Trauma show. It all starts now.
1: Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Pat and I get to really join Kimberly here for this amazing show. It's an incredible opening. And I'm going to kick it back to Kimberly here in a minute. But I want to say something real quick. This morning, I had an experience with two of my friends, and I'm so thrilled there's somebody like Kimberly Beekman in the world, (laughs) because I wish we had sort of a trauma radar screen where we knew something would come up, and we could be aware. Actually, Kimberly has developed this, but we could be aware, and we could be mindful, and we know that something has to be addressed. Because what if what if your childhood trauma is creating your depression and anxiety? And I want to tell you, Kimberly, I just really this hit me the other day, last night actually. I was I was watching a show. I love to study animals, especially when it comes to my totem animals. So anything about wolves or werewolves, I'm watching right out of the gate. But the degree by which anxiety has become prominent in various characters across the board whether they're in books best-selling books hollywood blockbusters television the degree by which anxiety is talked about and and not even understood it's just a little bit daunting to me are you finding that
2: Yeah, I think it's amazing, Pat. First of all, thank you for having me. It's so good to be here with you. Um, Yeah, so we look around and anxiety and depression have become the norm. We see our teenagers really coming um, deeply into anxiety and depression at at a greater and greater, greater rates. Um, suicidal ideation is higher, and um, really, what I see in in the work that I do in the world is that um, people have just accepted this certain level of unhappiness and anxiety and depression, and um, it's 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 really uh, everywhere. I mean, all of us are friends or care deeply about someone who's struggling in severe anxiety or depression. Um, And I'm sure there are many causes for this, but the primary cause that we see is um is childhood trauma stored in the body uh reverberating into daily life and so when we all are walking around with either small t trauma which is i got you know made fun of on the playground or big t trauma which is um abuse neglect um harassment um big hurts these things really are very much, the body keeps the score, Basil, Basil van der Kolk has done a really good job helping us understand these, these experiences are stored deeply in the body and they will reverberate into the present moment, causing kind of this umbrella feeling of angst or um, loneliness or sadness or deep despair. Um, which we'll label as anxiety or depression, but as I've worked with this um, over the over many years, the last 10 years specifically, um, we've been able to kind of really break down what the root cause is and begin to start working with it at root cause, um, which gives me so much hope. Uh, that it's not something that's that, that everyone has to deal with for a lifetime. It's not a lifetime sentence to, to be unhappy.
1: Yeah. You know, look, for those of you just tuning in, let me just say a little, little bit about Kimberly, Kimberly Beekman, if you're just tuning in. First of all, you're in front of renowned expert in this field. Whether you've read her books, you've participated in her certifications. is a reason that I was really excited to have her on and be part of the network. The other thing, though, is when you take a look at all of the different ways that Kimberly has been able to show up, whether you know her as a shamanic practitioner, spiritual teacher, an author, uh, fabulous, fabulous meditation teacher, trainer, she has a passion which has now included, and for those of you that know this, she has created a platform to walk you through the way to get at that root cause so that you can live the life you want. And it doesn't matter which, which way you know, Kimberly, whether you've read her book, but the one thing she and I do have in common that make us extremely passionate about this topic is we understand mental health or the lack thereof at a very personal level. We're not just doing the show today because there's some book we want you to pull off. We're showing up today and Kimberly shows up every day because she's not just passionate about this. she understands what happens through childhood trauma. Both of us have that in our in our history. But what happens when that happens, And unless you can get some help to figure it out, maybe breathing exercises help you with your anxiety in the moment, they're not going to get at the root cause that's underneath that. And so whatever the tools you use from neuroscience or mental health, in 30 years she's been doing this, she's looked at childhood trauma recovery, she's looked at science. We love science. She and I could do a whole show on the science of this. The bottom line is this, alignment soul retrieval system, alignment soul, even in the dialogue of what she's created, she gets that it's you, the whole you. That's what today's episode's about. It's the whole you. And it does show up. It showed up on a call this morning between myself, two other people, and an attorney. And you you could see it in the body language. The question is, What are we going to do? Because when you're touched, Kimberly, look, when you and I are touched by something like this, and and of course, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking right now. I mean, what that (laughs) means is I'm kind of like sitting here, like looking back. I had no clue what was going on. Are you kidding me? A lifetime of alcohol. I had no clue about that. But we are now at epidemic levels with this. Yeah, we have to get better.
2: I agree and I think um I think you know I have a bold view on on this but I think we all have stored experiences from our childhood that we are playing out in our re- marriages and our parenting and our work lives in our social connections um so so we all have some level of experience that's creating resistance in our present moment. And I think a lot of people through our mental health, we've done a lot of analysis paralysis about the issues that are limiting us. Oh, this relates to my mother. And you know, I never got the love I wanted. And I think that's an important precursor. Um, it's good preliminary work, but analyzing our issues does not get down to the root. I have this analogy that having stored vibration or stored trauma in our bodies is like there's a fire in the basement of the house, and it's kicking up smoke to the upper floors of the house. And we're all doing our yoga, and we're meditating, and we're blowing the smoke out of the upper floors of the house, and we're exhausting ourselves in the blowing of the smoke. And no matter what, the smoke continues to reappear and we're exhausted and we're like, why? Why am I still in angst? Why am I still unhappy? And then we go to therapy and we're sitting on the roof looking down and we're like, yep, there's a fire. Yep, there's some smoke and we can see it and we can understand it, which is great, but it doesn't Put the smoke. It doesn't clear the smoke permanently or put the fire out in the basement. And I think that's what we're talking about today is looking at a modality to put the fire out in the basement so we're not consistently overlaying our issues into the present moment. And so we can finally have a little peace and feel connected to ourselves. I love that that, because when
1: we come back, we're gonna talk with you about the system you've created. And this is very important. You know, um, I grew up with half my family from the deep south and one of the sayings that would always happen around the fire to us girls and everybody there is like somebody would always say, I just wanna tell y'all children that here's the deal, those embers, boy, do they burn hot and do they burn long. Even if you can't see them. Let's take a short break when we come back. (laughs) ...to what Kimberly has discovered and has been using. Because if we don't get at that, what she just beautifully described, we don't get there. How long does it take for that ember to ignite something again? Do we even know that that's happening? Did we even know we still had that little ember down there just kind of working its way? (laughs) And then, how does it show up in life? Because those are the people, the clients. This is the work that Kimberly Beekman does. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back.
0: Each month at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Today's world of ever constant evolution, the only career change that matters is when what you do matches who you are. On Reinventing You, you'll find concrete tools to help you embrace change and feel optimistic and inspired about your future. It's your vision, your life. Be passionate about it. The Crystal Coach Show, sharing clarity, guidance, and practical wisdom with me, Anahata, every first and third Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. On The Crystal Coach Show, we channel divine wisdom through stories of service, spirituality, and stones for self-care. Feel connected and reside in the vibration of love. For more information and to connect with me, visit thecrystalcoach.com. That's thecrystalcoach.com.
1: it's so great to have all of you tune us in turn us on look this is this is a show I I, I've been waiting to to really have and go live Kimberly Beekman is joining me here today you know under just making what saying what I'm going to say is like an understatement but I wanted to say it because when you're someone that has developed a system that enables people like me to really get at the core issue of something that could be blocking You know, my vision, my dream, my future, my relationship, it doesn't matter, my sport, you know, anything in that where we can get help from understanding it and getting a solution and a remedy, this is where we are right now because what's happening in the world is repetitive, there's a recitative nature to it, you know, people are coming out of the past three or four years They're not coming out without having incidences, if I might say, of things. That's another show, we can do the science on that. But what if you had a way? What if you could learn a way? And then what if you could teach others about that way? That's what, Kimberly, before we do this, and and before we go on, um, um, this is really important. This is important Um, because there are things that happen. What did you call it? The big T and the little T, which I hope you go into. A lot of times we wanna blow off the little T, but when I take a look at the body of work you've done your book, you lay this out beautifully. How do people find out about what you've done? How did they get the book?
2: How do they connect with you? All of that. Yeah. (laughs) So, my website is kimberlybeekman.com. And on my website, you'll see a link to my book, Inner Alignment Soul Retrieval for Healing Childhood Trauma, which basically outlines the entire system, which we're probably going to talk more about. Um, and goes into the, the six layers of the body and where trauma is stored in the six layers of the body because if we don't address trauma at all six layers of the of the body, then it will feel the remnants of the trauma in our lives. so kimberlybeekman.com and um, that's where you'll find a link to my book and a short overview as well as a way to book a healing blueprint session with me. Um, so often when people hear about this process, they're like, okay, yeah, ready. Um, but it's important that I know that I can help someone, that the issues that are or have arisen are, in fact, because of childhood trauma. And so I do a 30-minute call to see if our work actually would help someone. We have a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of the people that enroll in a two-month intensive to heal childhood trauma actually come out the other side relieved of the anxiety or the depression or the core issues that they came to us with. And the reason for that is we are really clear about who we can help and who we can't help. Um, and so that's why we do, you can't just enroll for our programs off of our website, because we want to be sure that whoever we take on, we are truly going to get them to the other side of, of what's showing up for them.
1: Yeah, um, I think it's so important. I, it's so interesting. And the, the other thing is, you know, if you could talk about this for a little bit, and you take us through the system, um, or at least parts of it is I think most of us feel we're blindsided or surprised when issues come up. Yet that ember has been smoldering in there for a while. But yet it does catch us off guard. I mean, it really does. It's fascinating. I was looking back, somebody asked me a question. They heard me make this comment the other day on a show that when I was younger, I liked to drag race cars down uh, Highway 78 before it was finished in New Jersey, right? So they heard me say that and you know they automatically went to okay she's like a danger freak in extreme sport and i need to think about that for a minute why did i like what was my relationship with cars my relationship with cars had to do with the only thing that i could be close to my dad about Mm -hmm. that's it never home and when he was home he was in the garage becoming a mechanic Mm -hmm. and it was a fascinating thing right so i learned all about that i was very good as a driver but what made me take those kinds of risks? That's the, that's the underlying little thing in there, right? Yeah. That most people never get to. Now yeah. we're not going to do the show about me, but it's many things like that.
2: Yeah. In fact, we call those experiences trauma packets. Um, Whether it's big T trauma or little T trauma, or whether it's just a frozen experience in the body, what happens at is somewhere uh, before we have a fully developed prefrontal cortex, which doesn't happen until we're 25 years old, but somewhere where we're young, four, five, six years old, we have an experience. And the experience could be a positive experience. Oh, liking cars gives me the love from daddy, right? Or it can be a very negative experience, which is if I do something wrong, I'm going to lose mom's love, right? So I I broke something or I got glitter glue on the table and then boom, mom's angry and I'm unsafe. And so at six years old, that experience of mom being angry with me gets frozen in my body and my thoughts of I'm not loved if I do something wrong when the fight or flight in my nervous system or the fear of unlovableness or the anxiety or the energy in my chest or the feeling of unworthiness all gets auto-associated with each other and really held deeply in the body. And that, what we call a trauma packet, will continue to reverberate into all of the present moments from that point on. And we start to create belief systems as we grow up. We're like, oh, don't do anything wrong. You won't get approval. Oh, don't do anything wrong. They won't like you. And next thing you know, we become a perfectionist, right? And so we develop behavioral patterns and neurosynaptic connections and neurochemistry in our bodies, which which totally set up the physics of our life around that core experience. And then we spend our entire lives replaying, for example, that perfectionism at my work, in my parenting, in my, my partnerships, in every place. And, so, and we call that unworthiness. And then soon I can never feel good enough. And I, I then say, I have anxiety right? Um, but the truth is I have an unworthiness trauma packet frozen deep within my body that continues to get reactivated in every present moment. And I play out with that and a couple of other trauma packet patterns throughout my life. And the truth is those patterns are built on six-year-old thoughts, six-year-old feelings, six-year-old nervous system wiring and a six-year-old consciousness of how the world works. And here I am, let's say at 48 years yeah. old, like, why do I have this? Why do I feel like I can never do anything good enough?
1: Yeah.
2: And when I explain this to people, Dr. Pat, they are like, yes, yes that's totally what's going on. It's a vibrational sensation living and and reverberating and getting overlaid on my present moment. And no matter how much I go to therapy and analyze my relationship with my boss, Mm -hmm. this deep feeling of unworthiness persists. And our description of that is it's a trauma packet that intersects all six layers of the body deep within, I'm going to use a woo-woo word, in the second dimension of consciousness, meaning it's not wired into the prefrontal cortex in the mental body. It's deep within the tissue or the cells of the body and so no matter how much we understand it and use positive affirmations and tell us how good we are um it doesn't override this deep feeling of not enoughness not safe enough not connected enough not worthy enough not lovable enough not mattering enough whatever our flavor our unique unique flavor of unworthiness is
1: it's so fascinating
2: you're going to love this story.
1: I had a friend call me and we were just chatting and she said, yeah, you know what happened to, I'm just going to make up the name for confidence. You know what happened to my my granddaughter, Mary? I said, no, what, what happened to Mary? Because I grew up with Mary, you know, until, right? I, I, I know Mary very well. Mary had a complete meltdown, complete anxiety attack. And they had to, you know, Mary, what is Mary now? Eight, nine, maybe she's nine. 9, 10 let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, what happened? Very casually, but then my brain went off because I thought I knew I was doing this show with you. Very <laughs> casually, she says, oh, somebody in her classroom was coughing. And I said, oh, okay. So you, did you get her some help on that? I'm not going to go into the whole story. But the fact that I asked the question, did you get her some help on that? My friend said, why? And I said, think about this for a minute. Your nine-year-old granddaughters in class and somebody next to her cough. And she had a complete panic attack. You think maybe somebody should talk to her. Now, look, I know better in psychology to jump to that occlusion. And for all of you that are listening to this, I'm not giving you, she's not my client, and I'm not giving you a psychological um, explanation, but something triggered her, Kimberly, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but if that were my grant, if that were any relative of mine at eight or 10 years old that had a panic attack, I'd certainly wanna know why. But that's just one example. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big T, a little T, all I know is that a nine-year-old
2: couldn't stay in class. So this is uh, this is really interesting. So by nine, this, this child probably has had previous experiences that are now stored in her body that are reactivating. And so she got triggered into a trauma packet. The interesting thing from my inner alignment perspective about panic attacks is a vibration will show up and then someone will be afraid of that vibration because trauma packets don't make sense to us if, if, if we're not aware of it. And then a panic attack is the fear of the fear. And so the escalation of the nervous system and then the looping of that from the fear of the fear. We've done some really beautiful work with panic attacks and with teens. And we can talk about that as yeah. soon some- as come back from the break
1: yeah let's talk about that because what this show is really about the work kimberly you do is we have to start at a place of awareness we have to start i i I, i'm not even saying you have to be awake i'm just saying you have to have a little bit of awareness about yourself and about others but it's a tough one when we have to face ourselves in the mirror you know it really is and it's it's tough because we don't have the solution you're going to talk about when we come back yeah you know A lot of times, if you've ever been in that state, and for years I was in that state, I couldn't walk through a park. I couldn't walk through any park that looked like Central Park in New York. Because when I was younger, we were part of an attack in that park. And I had to get some work done on that. Now, of course, I say work. Probably you could have helped me a lot easier and a lot sooner when we come back how do you know the signs? How do you know what the impact is? What can you do? Why is what Kimberly Beepman talking about so powerfully important and provides a solution that can help us, not just at the symptom level, the moment where you're not afraid, but get to understand it at a way
0: quick tip from Jason and Patricia at the Ecosystem Approach show. This is a way to improve your long-term relationships. As you go through life with your partner, the hurts, resentments and conflicts are energies
2: that build up. Your relationship holds on to these energies and the relationship feels dull, boring and unattractive. The love you felt originally starts to break down.
0: Do this. Say to yourself, I direct all my resources and all dimensions to eliminate. Name a hurt or resentment that you've had recently. Maybe it's something you're angry about. Take a breath and blow the hurt, anger, resentment into the processor shown behind us keep doing it.
2: If you want to hear about this topic, go to our website, theecosystemapproach.org and under the radio tab, search for long-term marriage, how to excel over
0: time. Listen to all of our shows because we teach you how to apply energy techniques for everyday life in ways that are practical and useful.
2: See you Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific or find us at theecosystemapproach.org.
0: Are you ready to branch out, to take a leap of faith, to love yourself and others fully? Join Erica Gifford-Mills in her signature series, The Rooted Life. This virtual 12-week series will equip, empower, and enlighten you. This is a coaching series that allows both group and individual work. 12-weekly, one-hour sessions in the comfort of your own home. Schedule your free Empower Hour now at GetRootedRadio.com. That is GetRootedRadio.com. When a caterpillar spins its cocoon, it undergoes a radical change. It lets go of the parts of its past that hold it back and reforms itself as an entirely new and beautiful creature. Are you in need of a similar rebirth? Dr. Tassel Faith is your priestess of metamorphosis, guiding you as you spin your cocoon and realize your greatest change. Metamorphosis. Lead with your magic. Trust the unseen. Experience quantum leaps. Live on TransformationTalkRadio.com every second and fourth Wednesday at twelve noon Eastern time.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. Um before we be, you know keep going, I mean Kimberly Beekman is has signed up and said yes to a body of work that is so needed in the world today for so many reasons i mean we could spend an entire show talking about what they are all you need to do is read the headlines from today or yesterday and you'll understand that there are things being established in these layers these experiences these traumatic experiences they are getting to layers that we don't fully understand but if you're Kimberly Beekman, you do and you help people with them before we talk about these layers and 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 the headlines are just filled with them. They're just absolutely filled. Um but how do we find out about you? Tell us about that again. How did they get a cop? Hold your book cover up again. That's such sure. an amazing book cover. Sure.
2: So um, this book here is Inner Alignment, Soul Retrieval for Healing Childhood Trauma, available on Amazon. And the link is off of the about page in my website, which is KimberlyBeekman.com. So yeah, so there people can read about the inner work, the inner transformation work that we do to help people um, get to the other side of anxiety and depression. And we also train coaches and healers in this trauma, trauma-informed trauma work because um, we really see this work we'll say augmenting uh, the mental health fields work. I think once someone goes through their 10 years of therapy, of repeating the stories and really having an understanding of what's going on or what their past was, um, that's when it's time to actually dig into root cause. And as I was speaking before the break, the root cause of anxiety and depression most often is um, childhood trauma stored in the body and really activated on every layer of the body. Um, so let me describe what I mean by every layer of the body. So when that's when when a six-year-old uh, feels like, oh, mommy's mad at me. I did something wrong. I'm I, I if I do something wrong, I won't get love right? That experience gets wired on the mental layer of the body. In terms of that six-year-old's thoughts, the thoughts of if I do something wrong, I'm not loved gets wired in. The emotion is fear and a sense of unlovability and this unworthy feeling in the body. So emotionally, this this six-year-old is feeling unloved. So on the mental and emotional layer of the body, We have fear of unloved. We have thoughts around why I'm unlovable, right? The physical nervous system goes into a fight or flight response and they develop fight, flight, flight. Fawn freeze whatever it is this six year old does. In this case, this six year old has a fight response and is going to do things perfectly and get things right for the rest of her life. Right? So the nervous system is involved. So we've got the mental, emotional, and physical layers of the body, and we can't ignore the fact that the chakra and the energetic system, the pranic system, is effective. So now we have a an over an over. Um, Excess imbalanced will chakra that's all fired up, right? And the the root chakra feels weak and unsafe. And so there's an imbalance that's created energetically. So those are the lower four layers of the body. And typically the fifth layer, which is the awareness layer of the body, the wisdom body, the part of us that can see, oh, I'm having a reaction. <laughs> that's not active in the six-year-old, neither is. Is that sense of divine love and care and um, understanding of who she is beyond what she does. So when I talk about the six layers of the body and how a trauma packet is really wired up on every layer of the body, Josie, that that little girl, um, has wired up, I'm not good enough and no matter what I do, I can never get the love. So when we talk about a trauma packet, we're looking at every layer of that little girl wired up and having an activation of that thought that belief, that feeling spiritually, mentally, emotionally, energetically in terms of our nervous system. And so that being stored in the body suggests that we cannot heal this from just one layer of the body. Does that make sense? So a lot of people are going at this with Reiki for the pranic layer or therapy for the mental layer. Right? So there's a lot of one layer modalities um, that really aren't reaching the core of the trauma packet stored deeply within.
1: Yeah, you know, Einstein said it best. I mean, I regurgitate this and I paraphrase it and he's going to forgive me right now. But (laughs) Basically, he's saying you can't solve the problem at the layer it was created. He didn't say layer, but I'm saying it. And what do you know, basically people interpret that, but a problem may start on the surface at a point, And it may seem benign. It may seem, you you know, look, your dad comes home and he puts his fist through the wall and you kind of get normalized to it, pounds on the table until you work for a boss. Right. Like I did. Yeah. And your boss comes in and he starts his board meetings pounding on the table. Right. And you become immobilized. Now, where did it start? Pounding on the wall. But it didn't stop there. If I heard you correctly, it went from there and went into a number of layers Yeah, that stayed kind of buried in there until my boss decides he's pounding on the
2: table. So what's interesting is that pound activates the nervous system and then reactivates the thoughts of I'm bad or I'm unsafe. And that fear that's on the emotional layer of the body and the root chakra all of a sudden is weak in the board meeting just because the fist hit the table, right? So all of those auto-associated layers will reactivate with just one layer. yeah. One layer activates and all of them will reactivate. And next thing you know, now without a, a level of awareness, you'll think you're scared of your boss. You won't you won't know at that moment there's an old vibration that's getting reactivated and projected into this situation um, because your nervous system is telling you run, <laughs> go, <laughs> <or> <laughs> freeze. I love the way you
1: described it because that example is so beautiful. Because when I think about it, and boy, I just had a flashback to it, I wasn't sitting by my boss and I, I knew this guy. I know this behavior, right? Yeah. But one of my associates was, and she looked petrified. Yeah. I mean, trembling. And so this is interesting. I don't know if it relates to this, but I'll tell you now that I'm thinking about it, what happened with that was, I mean he didn't stop. She was you could see she was shaken. And I jumped up and I just let him have it. I mean what my reaction to that triggered a reaction that was very back there, very right. old right. because it wasn't so much his pounding that got to me because I'm norm I was you know I I got that. But when I saw her panic, right? You know, it hit me like that was the look
2: my brother used to have. Right. So she, she went into a freeze response. You went into your typical fight response for your brother. And next thing you know, we're in a meeting at work and we're all meeting. Like we're all going into old trauma behavioral patterns. Yeah. Dr. Pet, I can't tell you how often someone who's been through therapy for 10 years and analyzed it from every angle will come to us and say, I'm guessing this is childhood trauma related. (laughs) Can you help me get to the root here? And clear this from my body so that I'm not feeling like I have to run away at work or so I don't feel traumatized in my work environment or in my marriage environment or, or with my dysregulated kid who's on the spectrum, right? So so we might even know, oh, this is a child. I know that I don't need to run for the hills for my life However, I cannot regulate myself because I'm in a trauma response because of my child in a dysregulated state. So we can't control whether a trauma packet gets reactivated. Now, we can do our breath work and we can re-regulate our nervous system and call off the troops. We can do that, but that can be exhausting. And wouldn't it be easier if we can neutralize the experience that's stored in the body so that when the person... Yells at work. Our body is not running for tells in that in that flight response, and that's that's the essence of what my passion and what my mission in this world is. Is I see so many people repeating these behavioral patterns. They're suffering at work. They're suffering in marriage. They're suffering in their parent in their partnerships. In all of these spaces, and to me, it's it's unnecessary suffering. It's 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 an old vibration that when we get in, and this kind of gets to that next piece of like, what do you do about these six-layered response trauma packets? But from my perspective, this this person could not react to their boss within two months of working on this issue if they're working on it from the place where the issue exists, no, which is in the no. trauma.
1: Packet. And you know, we didn't even talk about this proximity, but I want to I want you, I want to go to this this right here now. I want to switch because we've been talking about a lot of physical things and I'm going to go ahead and skip the break, but I want to talk about something that's not as tangible. Let's talk about this because there's a reason I studied it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as a broken promise. I'm not pounding on the desk. Yeah. A pattern of
2: broken promises. Yeah. So this is what
1: I'm saying. Yeah, the
2: energetic body. So the pounding on the desk was my root chakra is unsafe, right? It's more of a primal survival response. But a broken promise Can register. This is the most fascinating thing. I worked with a set of twins and I worked in the trauma packets of each of the twins. Now, these two twins went everywhere together, they had the same experiences, but the way each of the twins internalized the traumas that happened were completely different. So when a broken promise in one person can be in the sacral chakra of, I didn't get the connection and I feel neglected, right? So it can register deep within the sacral, whereas someone else might register it in the throat chakra of, I don't matter like that person didn't show up for me and I don't matter. So the trauma packets are stored in different places based on our karma, based on our life experiences, based on what our soul is here to learn in this lifetime. There is a spiritual path. And so a broken promise is is a lack of something. What was it? A lack of love, a lack of connection, a lack of feeling like I matter, right? Either way, it got stored As I'm not lovable, I'm not connected. So, if I were in a healing blueprint session with someone, I'd say, What would be the worst part about that broken promise? So, I could listen to where that trauma packet is stored in the body. Because within minutes, someone can give me enough information for me to hear the trauma packet. To hear where the trauma packet is and to know really, I can, I can hear just in the present moment what someone's struggling with. And I can see the entire makeup and the whole patterning of what happened in that person's childhood. I don't know. I'm not psychic, but I can read patterns. So I can hear, well, mom or dad or some caregiver really didn't give that sense of I'm meaningful and I matter. And because of that, the whole life trajectory was set up because of not feeling like what insert trauma packet meaning here, right? Does that make sense, Doctor? It
1: does make sense. And there's a reason I brought it up because you know while we were talking a lot about physical things you know these are the things that are the most uh, uh how should i say it mysterious Yeah. And the reason i'm bringing it up is because it happens all the time and and this is just one of these things let's just stay with this for a minute how does it manu- how does it manifest as you get older well let's talk about an example and you can you can help with this i'm in my new relationship and i'm in there with my partner And my partner says, honey, I promise to make you dinner tonight. Mm. Okay. And you kind of like, to you, that's a big dang deal for some strange reason, which you're going to tell me about in a minute. And then honey doesn't come home and doesn't make dinner. Now, how many degrees of this can there be? Honey comes home and buys dinner, but doesn't make dinner. Is that a broken promise? honey totally forgets and doesn't have dinner at all. That's a broken promise. Now, for those of you listening, isn't an extreme version for you to go from that to I don't trust you anymore, honey. Now, if you think that's a far stretch, it might be for you. But think about think about people. A simple promise Kids are made promises all the time. What is the impact of making promises? Schools making promises. Anybody making promises to the age range that Kimberly's talking about? How does that manifest, and what is the ripple effect? You see, see, these are the things we don't talk about very much. I happen to study this ten years. I have twelve hundred pages of interview notes that I wouldn't be able to make sense out of. But certainly, if I sent them to you, you would. Um, <laughs> But we think it's benign. Gee, little Kimberly, I'm going to take you to that ball game. Gee, Mom, Dad, isn't the ball game today? Yeah, but I got it, Dad. Right. be right. This is going on left and right right now because everybody, what do you make of that little scenario there?
2: Yeah. So here's what I make of that. So if you have someone that feels like they're getting enough love and they their needs are met in that relationship, that promise thing may be like water off a duck's back. Oh, you okay. said you were going to, oh, we're not going to do that. Okay. No problem. But for someone that has, trauma stored in their body from a big promise that meant the world at four years old. And then it, it, dad didn't show up for that. Even, even if it was going to Disney World, we're going to go to Disney world. Oh, we're not going to Disney World. I mean, it can be something benign, Dr. Pat. So imagine what the big T traumas will create. So something that was big for a four-year-old, then promises become a thing in that person's life. Not everybody has stuff around promises, right? Why do I have something around promises? Well, there's a trauma packet in there around people keeping their word and people showing up and people caring, right? Probably because there wasn't enough of that. But again, understanding that does not make promises any less of a hot topic in that individual's life. They can analyze it. They can talk about it for decades, but still promises will be a big deal to that person. And that gets to, well, then what do you do about that? If there's something like I have a real issue around promises, you might even have self-awareness around the issue around promises, but still it really feels like you're going to die when someone breaks their promise. And that's what's the vibration within a trauma packet, a four-year-old trauma packet. There is this I feel like I'm going to die. We call that a death fear. And that's why trauma packets are such a big deal. As a four-year-old, dad not following through on that big promise does feel Like the the four year old does feel like they're not going to survive the day, and that's what gets stored, and that's why then promises become a big thing, and all of life has become this big thing of broken promises because. Of the hurt and the pain and the death fear. So the question is, do we then make sure no one around us, do we fix it externally and say, listen, I need you to never break a promise and you to never break a promise and you to, and we, we set up our lives so that we only surround ourselves by people who take promises seriously Or do we work the issue within ourselves so so we don't even notice if someone promised something or not because we've healed that within ourselves? And there are two aspects to healing the promise trauma packet, we'll call it. The first is we need to get deep within that body-based trauma and start to work with the part of ourselves that felt unloved because of the trauma that was broken or felt left or felt broken or like they were going to die. And when we go into that space, we can't just work the thoughts. We can't just work the feelings. We have to work all six layers. So we have to work with the thoughts and the feelings around the broken promise. We have to work with the nervous system. We have to work with our awareness and our consciousness. We have to work with the divine in that space, whatever that is for any given person. And we have to bridge our 40-year-old understanding of promises or promise. Some people can make promises. Some people break promises. All of the understanding and bridge it into the trauma packet because what we know often does not bridge into the body-based trauma. And so when we go into the trauma packet through what I call the soul retrieval process, we can start to work with those thoughts and those feelings, that abandonment, the hurt, the death fear, and the consciousness of the whatever part of ourselves. And usually it's so simple, but also so tender. Um, That peace. And often the divine is not there. Whether the divine is consciousness or the light or Jesus or Buddha or whatever divine is for someone, that needs to bridge as well into the space and that's why single layer modalities can't really get in there and bring the joy and the love back because every aspect needs to be dealt with within that deep body-based experience now here's the problem is you can do that and you can feel the I, <sighs> I'm good. I'm safe. I'm loved. I, I'm loved no matter where there's a promise or not. And you can build those new neural pathways in the brain and start it, sending out those new hormones and neurotransmitters into the cells. However, if you don't practice, now we go to the whole Joe Dispenza world of the neuroscience of healing. If you don't practice those new neural pathways and those new understandings that were built very deeply within self, then after five days, those new neural pathways will start to truncate. And even though there was some healing, the brain and the body needs to get on board and get neurosynaptically wired to the healing of the six layers, which means the mind needs to think about that healing. The emotions need to be felt about how lovable I am. And the um, energetics of peace need to be activated and practiced. And that connection with self needs to be anchored in. And that feeling of bliss needs to be practiced. And we call that rewiring. And we know it takes. Four 40 to 60 days from that point to rewire someone back to the feeling of healed. And so we need to get into the trauma packet to work those issues, that broken promise issue. But we also need to rewire all six layers of the body for 40 to 60 days to sustain the feeling of healing, which is really often one, maybe the other, maybe a couple layers are being worked, but the thorough aspect of working all six layers in the trauma packet and then sustaining the wiring of this on all layers for a prolonged period of time is typically not happening, which is why people feel stuck. Yeah. And
1: look, we're going to do other shows on this and we're going to talk more about it. Because people often wonder, and you hear them say, oh, my gosh, I thought I dealt with that, right? I mean, that's a common, like, little phrase that's used. Totally. Mm-mm, but it's, it's explained beautifully by you and by what you've created to help people. Because it is multidimensional. I mean, um, and we do think we're fixed after four or five days and things are really good. Uh, but we are talking about trauma. Yeah. And that's the key. Uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for today. Um, I've got a couple of questions um, left. One is, most importantly, how do we find out about you? And then the second is, I'd love to know your personal message, what you'd like to leave us with today.
2: Yeah, so you can find me at www.kimberlybeekman.com, and that's where the um, access to all kinds of YouTube and meditations and such are Um, And I guess what I want to leave you with today is hope. Hope that this understanding of the trauma packets and the six layers um, gives us an understanding that trauma can be healed, anxiety and depression can be healed, and we're not stuck with it. Yeah. Thank you. And I want to leave
1: you with something. This, This conversation about trauma goes deep. For those of you out there and the moral to this story about the promises is the following if you're going to study something that was a childhood trauma and you take that on to really study it and you spend 10 years studying it and you're asked to do extraordinary research on it interviewing hundreds of people hearing their stories And you know that this, for you, is an important conversation. And then you're asked to do postdoctoral work. And then you're asked to dot, dot, dot. Don't be surprised if when you're done, you take that black book of your award-winning research publication and you put it on the bottom shelf of the farthest bookshelf you have until somebody, like a Jessica, finds it and says, I didn't know you wrote a book see what Kimberly is talking about today it's not just flight of fight or flight of body it's fight and flight at every level she talked about and we don't have to live that way we don't have to continue with that level of suffering and I say that because Kimberly has created a way for us not to do that please Check in with yourself. Check in with others. Get yourself some relief that you deserve. It doesn't, trauma does not have to, childhood trauma does not have to be a way of life. Kimberly, would you agree? I agree. Yeah. Um, thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. Uh, and just on, the, on the flip side, is this really good news? I can look at that dissertation today. Thank you all for tuning us in and tuning us on. We'll see you later. Thank you.
0: You have been listening to Soul Retrieval for Childhood Trauma, a neuroscience approach to healing with host Kimberly Beekman. Tune in as Kimberly expands boundaries in the field of trauma recovery. With the right tools, healing from long-term effects of past trauma is possible. Kim's inner alignment soul retrieval system is only a two-month process unlike any other in the world. For more information, please visit www.kimberlybeekman.com.